Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. There's a passage of scripture that really was on my heart this morning to share with you this morning. So many times when I take a passage, there's a lot of comments that I want to make or insert different things or maybe insights in. But I really felt to do this a little bit different this morning. What I want to do is I want to read this passage out of John 11, but this is what I'm going to ask of you. I'm going to ask that you really allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you um, in a specific way because when you read a story, when you hear scripture, the power of that story is it's amazing how it ministers to different people in so many different areas. And so I, I, I really know that um, this is going to bless a lot of you because I believe that, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they feel like they've been, they, they have failed or God's failed them. And um, that's one element of this story. Um, I really felt to share with you just to relax and just to know that God's really in control of every single aspect of your life. And for you to take courage in knowing that, that he is omnipotent, he's all-knowing. Your, your ability to understand is so limited. The Bible even says that we see um, like in a dim glass. So there's so much in our life that we don't understand, but yet we serve a powerful God that understands every single element of your life. When you, when you understand that, you walk with a joy. You walk with a, a peace in your heart. It literally destroys anxiety because you know that, that God is ultimately in control. So this is the story that I want to read out of John 11. It's the, the, the death of, of Lazarus. I will uh, make a couple comments during maybe as I'm reading it, but, but not that much. One particular I want to read is a commentary on a, a little section, a few points, just for clarity. So allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and, and wiped them with her hair. That's love. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, uh, he said, Lazarus's sick, uh, sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the disciples, Let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? 
And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. I want to interject John 9 that says, I must work. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus said that. So we're limited in our time, right? And Jesus is telling them, like, um, no, we've, it's time to work. We have daylight. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, um, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm going, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. How long has something been in the grave for you? Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I think she's still hanging on. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Boy, that's good news. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come in, into the world from God. And then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him and Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. And when the people who were at the house were at the house consoling Mary, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. So I was wondering about that. Why is Jesus so angry? A few thoughts perhaps on this is that he was maybe perhaps indignant with their unbelief. 
there was so much unbelief around and here's Jesus. And Jesus knows he's the resurrection and the life and it's just unbelief, 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 unbelief. Listen, all these people probably saw Jesus do many miracles. But there's still unbelief even through all the miracles, right? Another perhaps is uh, at the sight of the momentary triumph of evil is death. Death won. Maybe he's angry about that. The fact that death, even though it was temporary, it was, uh, he saw that it, it triumphed. Or lastly here is um, perhaps he was indignant at seeing the hypocritical enemies mingling with the heartfelt sobbing and the crying of his, love, of, of, of his loving friend Mary, like paid mourners. They're not really mourning with her. They're just there, maybe looking to see, I wonder what Jesus is going to do. So that's just some thoughts on that. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved, he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? There's that accusatory spirit. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside and then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for he hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. The chapter continues a little bit, and it ends with actually their plot to kill Jesus. Is that not amazing? That Jesus does the miraculous. Jesus is filled with love and compassion, and he heals. And the religious people, they're like, okay, now we need to kill him. Because nothing is going to outdo our law. We don't live in the law. We live in grace, and uh, they never got it. They ended up putting him on a tree and killing him for you. For you. As Taylor said in the last service, in the first service, you needed to be on the cross. I needed to be on the cross. Jesus took our place on the cross. And that's why, why we have life. So Jesus will never fail you. And you'll never understand all the things. But we continue to believe. We don't walk in unbelief take courage. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story, Lord, that's in, included in the word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are our God of compassion. Lord, help us not to make you angry.
for whatever reason that was. Help us, Lord, to live lives of faith, knowing you and trusting you that you are involved in every single detail of our life. You know our families. You know our children. You know the hurts of our past. You know the future. May we trust you now. We thank you for it. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.